Welcome to Afterthoughts, everybody. This is our recommend or refute episode where we talk about something that we've seen recently or, you know, just something we want to recommend or refute. Who knows? Uh, I'm your host, John Garcia. With me is Ryan King. Hey, um, I'm pretty stoked to talk about something horrible. (laughs) I don't remember if I even lightly mentioned it, but I'm excited. He's bringing the schlock, baby. (laughs) That's my new catchphrase. Uh, and Michael Dixon is with us. Yeah, Ryan is, uh, you know, he watched a Robert Brisson film this week, and he is like, oh, sh- I got to really, this is too much good shit. I got to come hard with the bad shit. Uh, so, yeah. Yes. Right, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Keeps well, me balanced. Uh, keeps me regular. <laughs> part of a balanced I can't breakfast. Shit unless I watch a good movie and a bad movie. <laughs> That's right. The FDA recommends it as part of a balanced cinematic breakfast. Uh, <laughs> um, the, the frosted flakes of the recommended breakfast. Yeah. Yes, there you go. Uh, well, yeah, Ryan, uh, what do you got for us? Uh, I actually watched this the other way around. Versan was my getting something good after. <laughs> Afterwards, no, oh, the chaser uh, too. You your... had the vegetables last. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the delicious uh, vegetables, I should say. <laughs> having watched a few Adam Sandler movies with my family, not the story. good ones, the funny-ish ones. Yeah, off to a good Which start. Which ones have you watched with your family? We watched Fifty First Dates. Dr. Henry Roth's best relationships were with his patients, and he wasn't looking to settle down. But one day, the unthinkable happened. Blinded by the light, up like a dick. Are you staring at me or her? And Deeds. Longfellow Deeds is a small town guy. Chuck Cedars. Handshakes are for strangers, pal. We <laughs> hug around here, buddy. What's up? What's up? And he's about to get. When Mr. Blake died, he left an enormous fortune. He left it all to you, Deeds. $40 billion. And then my son and I watched Happy Gilmore. Meet Happy Gilmore. He was a hockey player. That's my puck, baby! Don't you ever touch my puck! Who was skating on thin ice. But when his grandma needed his help... Mrs. Gilmore owes the IRS $270,000. We're going to have to sell the house to someone else. He discovered a new talent. Just like 400 yards away. That's unbelievable. I actually really, I mean, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but I have very fond memories of Happy Gilmore. I fucking love Happy Gilmore. Yeah. I, th- I always <laughs> it, felt like yeah. that was his best, his best work in his like comedic uh, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And like Deeds is funny. It's weird because I'm like, I know the old movie and it kind of has that. I, I have the same problem with 51st States where it kind of like tries to blend some like romance and stupid comedy, but it, vaguely pulls it off anyway apparently somehow this man kept a career in the first place is amazing (laughs) uh, because i have watched his first movie he won't tell you it's his first movie barely anywhere is it mentioned that it's his first movie but 1989's going overboard adam sandler is shecky moskowitz hey there i'm shecky moskowitz a hack comedian who dreams of being a real comedian well, what you're about to see is a fictitious, loosely thrown together story about a sea cruise waiter, me, right here, who dreams of becoming a stand-up comedian. In a movie based entirely on the fact that he and his crew had access to a boat. This story is based entirely around the fact that we had access to this nice big boat here and a lot of good-looking women. I mean, really good-looking women. And no budget. I wanted to tell you, um, 
This is a no um, budget flick, not a low budget flick. No budget. Grab your ticket for the comedic seas as he complains. All my life, I just wanted to get on stage and make people laugh, but nobody gives me a chance around here. Shits on other comedians. I could get last with that. Guy probably farts on stage, too. Leverages homophobic humor and accents for laughs. You want a straight jacket? Oh! In your case, it might be a homo jacket! We're gonna, uh, we're gonna kill a crocodile dundee! And pulls in other comedians to help sell the feature. Are you Milton Burrow? If it's not, I had a lot of fun with his wife. Adam Sandler is derpy derpy derp a herpty derp. Rated PG-13. Enjoy the flick. I'll see you later. Amazon Prime was like, hey, have you seen this? When I was watching something else, like, you seem interested in Adam Sandler. Have you heard of this? Uh, <laughs> and then I hadn't, and I looked it up, and it had such amazingly terrible reviews. I instantly felt obligated to go follow up and it watch it. It has a 1.8 out of 10 on IMDb. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> it's, it's weirdly, it's not that bad, <laughs> per se, but it, I want us to say, this is like, the, the first thought I had after about 10 minutes into this, I was like, this is the uncanny valley of Adam Sandler movies. Like if a modern AI was fed Adam Sandler movies and then spit out an Adam Sandler movie, they like yeah. got all the beats, but none of nothing. Oh, you like, mean it's the <laughs> awesome 3000 <laughs> Yes. Yeah. It doesn't understand humor. It understands how Adam Sandler tells a joke, but it doesn't know what would make a joke funny. <laughs> and so it just sort of fails but this has all the beats i actually wrote down in my uh, like adam sandler bingo here it says weird character name this is actually going overboard is the third title of this movie always a good sign john if it has oh, three yes. different Mr. titles no before it gets released them, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh Wait, what and, are the yeah, other titles it, apparently it was it was starting off with the character's name so his name is i've already fucking forgot because it's so stupid shecky moskowitz so it's originally called the unsinkable shecky moskowitz that was what it was originally horrible title yeah fucking awful. yeah and then it got changed to something like babes on a ship like it was immediately some (laughs) studio was like yeah let's just go for like there's girls in bikinis like fuck this movie and I don't know who decided to call it going overboard, especially when the movie Overboard was released not too long before this. <laughs> it seems like a bad idea, but yeah, yeah, it went through a couple transformations, I guess. So, yeah, so it, it has that weird main character name, which is a staple of Adam Sandler's. There's a dream sequence with a girl in underwear. Uh, it's shot on a location that would just be a vacation. Apparently, this movie happened. This is one of those we had it movies that literally they had a cruise ship. And that cruise ship actually had Miss Universe contestants that it was actually taking to a location, and they just filmed their movie on that cruise ship and was used Donald the Trump girls as back. <laughs> oh yeah, probably. <laughs> just if he if he was, he would have been in this movie somehow. Uh, but no, I guess not because he wasn't in it. <laughs> uh, it has some kind of mom complex in it that's mentioned. The character might as well just be an actual child instead of being an adult. Uh, it has, uh, what's his name? Alan Covert, the grandma boy. I think this is his first movie that he also doesn't acknowledge as his first movie. They talk to the camera. That's a big problem here because he uses it less in other movies because I think he figured out it works horribly. And then there's just a whole bunch of weird, really weird, pointless side characters. So it has everything you would expect out of an Adam Sandler movie. Like it's almost Proto-Sandler there. Film? Yeah, and it is. It absolutely, like it's not as much the like, 
AI made it is obviously the like proto Sandler film. Yeah. I just I think that from my understanding of looking into it, they wrote the script as they were going. Like they didn't have a script. They had a boat and Adam Sandler and a bunch of girls, and then they just fucking made it up as they went. That makes and sense. It, and exactly it shows. Like an it very much shows. The more interesting aspect of this movie, now outside of like that, like I don't even need to tell you the actual plot because it doesn't fucking matter. It's stupid anyway. Yeah, sure. But the opening scene is General Noriega watching. He's looking for movies to watch and he has a pile of VHS porns and he has this actual movie with Adam Sandler and girls in bikinis on that VHS and he puts it in and starts watching that. So that's what we're like watching. That's a fucking weird through like his a, eyes. A Spaceballs thing. Hold, hold on. Okay. So hold on. Partway through <laughs> in the movie, they, you know, they're doing all the bits and Adam Sandler's talking to the, you know, to the fourth wall to try to be funny, but it's not. They use the little interstitials with the Miss Universe contestants, I guess, just to fucking have something to do. And one of the integral characters is Miss Australia, not played by Miss Australia, one of the few, like yeah. we got an actor to play the bit, uh, who in one of her things, crap, they were talking about like helping the world or whatever, and she craps on General Noriega for smelling bad. And we cut to him watching it, demanding that his lackeys go kill Miss Australia. This is a side plot, by the way. <laughs> Do they? <laughs> his lackeys to go kiss, kill Miss Australia. To then later we cut when they get to the ship back to General Noriego watching them on the tape actually trying to get Miss Australia. So he's like watching a live feed. <laughs> it is and this is yes. thing. What the fuck? <laughs> what the hell am I looking at? When does this happen in the movie? Now. You're looking at now, sir. Everything that happens now is happening now. And that was the part where I like lost my mind because I was like, this Incredible. is amazing. Like, this is like, is this fifth wall breaking? Like, where am I now? It's multi-dimensional the, yeah. bullshit. <laughs> you, you buried the lead here, Ryan. General Noriega is played by Burt Young, who is <laughs> oh, yeah, from Rocky. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, the, and also there's a dream sequence with Milton Berle. Fucking actual Milton Berle. Wow. <laughs> And I and I do think I was like the budget pretty much honestly went to to probably those two actors because they're actually I mean Milton Berle actor question mark a comedian but anyway I'm sure he costs something to get and Billy Bob Thornton is in this this is a very early and a blink <laughs> if you miss it Billy Bob Thornton I think he also probably doesn't want to mention that he was in it uh, uh, he yeah he's like the butt of a joke in a stand up comedy bit sort of but not really he like ends up just heckling. Uh, but that's it. He's just there for that one scene. Uh, <laughs> Billy Zane is also in it as mm. uh, as Neptune, who again in the yes yes in the insanity of this movie, it's unclear if he's real or part of the imagination of. But he does get referenced by another person, like sees him at one point. I guess Th this fucking movie just doesn't give a shit, which is kind of an Adam Sandler thing. But it's so much that it's sort of like then gives nothing any weight to be at that level. I did enjoy, so one aspect of it that, that is funny in Neptune's case, which I'll get to, since they filmed it on a cruise ship and they were making it up as they go, they had to ADR in back like all of the dialogue because <laughs> it was obviously too fucking windy <laughs> to record in dialogue. And then you can tell by the time they got to that, a lot of people were like, boo, this movie sucks. <laughs> and they're in the studio to just get their dialogue out. <laughs> 
fucking and it, did it in, yeah, to that end, there's clearly some people that get ADR'd over because they didn't bring them back or they're just like, fuck it, or they didn't, they, they quit or something along the way. But at the end of the movie, Neptune like gives his daughter to Adam Sandler's character. But every time he says her name, it's the same clip of the first time he shouts for her. <laughs> and so it's just like in the middle of a sentence. I'm trying to remember what her name is, but oh it's something, it's like, it's like slimy. I, I swear to God, it's like slimy. <laughs> oh my God. And yeah, and so he's like, hey, slimy. And he's like, you should meet my daughter. Slimy. I think you should get married to slimy. It's just exactly <laughs> uh, that same way. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, I will send you the clip of where Adam Sandler gains sentience in the middle of this movie and realizes it's not funny. <laughs> and actually like directly says that to the camera. How much um, did it but cost yeah. to watch this on Amazon again, right? <laughs> Uh, it is free on YouTube. Oh, okay. Oh. It's so shitty. They're happy to just get the NordVPN ad money at the beginning of it. There's and only one even, ad. At the they beginning? don't even put ads in the middle oh, or anything. Wow. Like, they're Dude. just like, look, if if someone watches this and we get five cents from NordVPN, like that's great. <laughs> that's pretty fucking amazing. So and yeah, we, anyone we anyone can go watch this now at any time on this. YouTube. <laughs> yeah, now you got to put the it's it uh. It's only like an hour and a half, you know? It's, it's honestly not too long. Don't even. An hour and a half is still too long, Ryan. Don't hour 39. Hour 39. Hour 39? Oh, that's too long. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's longer than I thought the it was. The Trooper is like 76 minutes. What the fuck is this Yeah, movie? I was thinking this would be like an hour 19, given what you've told us. Like a solid yeah. hour 10, maybe. <laughs> I was hoping. The, the whole plot is, the, you know, the core plot is he's on this cruise ship as a waiter, and he wants to be a stand-up comedian. Uh, and there is already a stand-up comedian who's not funny, which is true. And then he gets up there and he's not funny, which is true. And then somehow <laughs> he finds his comedy and supposedly comes, becomes funny, but he's not like, that's, that's the movie in a nutshell. Wow. I heard the Safdie brothers watched this movie before they cast him in Uncut Gems. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. This is the one. The, the, the other interesting thing from this is I get after watching it, I just have to be like, how? Did he make anything else? Because anyone else, this is before he was on SNL. Wow. <laughs> How did he get on SNL right? from there? Yeah, wow. I guess he was doing stand-up. Like, he went and he did stand-up, and he got found on that, and he's just been yeah. lucky to not tell anybody, like, that this was this was a thing or that it was happened. Was this a theatrical release? Ah, uh, that's know. a good question. No I don't know. I don't There's know. No yeah, I wonder if it couldn't have made, it couldn't have made anything. This is that. This is eighties, right? This is an eighties movie. Eighty nine or eighty nine. Okay, this is that fucking democratized video shit where MGM was like funding shitty small budget comedy stuff and putting it on VHS. I have full faith that this is what this was. <laughs> uh, there's no other way. There's no other explanation for me. I can't fathom Adam Sandler being out there like this. Yeah, that's fucking insane. Who, who, who made it? That's a good question. <laughs> yeah. If it just was literally like, we, we let's not play yeah, the blame game here, Ryan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, produced by LA Dreams Production. There you that go. That is fake. there. You go. Yeah, distributed by Vidmark Entertainment and Theater Vidmark, Technologies. Straight to but VHS. Vidmark was yeah, straight to VHS. Um, Ryan, have you seen a worse Adam Sandler movie? Jack and Jill. 
I have not. I've been smart enough to not watch Little Nicky or Jack you and Jill seen or Little yeah. Nicky. It's no, all because... about how fucking good Popeyes is. Popeyes chicken is fucking awesome. Dixon would love it. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that clip from Little Nicky, but I don't yeah, know this if it's worth watching the whole thing. Yeah. But Popeyes chicken is the shiznit. Popeyes chicken is the shiznit. <laughs> uh, I would say. Yeah, this is this is probably the worst one I've saw. Is it the worst one because I haven't watched the other bad ones? I don't know, but this one was pretty bad. And it, it's not in that like, you know, I'm sure Little Nicky or Jack and Jill sticks in your mind forever is how bad it is. Yeah, this one is just really like you watch it and you're done. I think this is why like there's a collective universe of not knowing about this movie. Like it's that far off the like, oh, everyone forgot about it. Everyone that made it forgot about it or wanted to forget about it. No one wants to talk about it. It's just gone. I just pictured fucking Daniel Plainview and you were like, you're done after you watch this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like pretty collapsed much. in a bowling alley after watching. <laughs> I'm finished. Yeah, there was certainly a point where I was just kind of like, okay, can we, can I be done? Like, can I just say that I watched it? I need to get to the end of this. He was on four episodes of The Cosby Show before doing Adam this Adam Sandler was? Right. Yeah. Yeah, he had, had some, no yeah, he Someone did a little Smitty. bit of television. Did he do the same grandma voice? Yeah, right. <laughs> did he sing a stupid fucking song? Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought this one was going to have all like free use audio, but it actually had, they actually got some songs in it too, which is crazy. It, the, the budget for this ended up only being $500,000, which is just blows my mind that I'm like, Still you could actually much. get a couple songs. You could actually get some real people <laughs> in it. Yeah. Um, then I guess you paid for nothing else. So I Ooh. don't recommend it. John's now forced to watch it due to a death pack. But agreed. for everyone else, you're good. You're good to pass God on it. it. <laughs> All right, Ryan, your next job is to watch Kevin James' worst film. <laughs> I, think I wonder if I've already Sandler done that. That I've seen is Billy Madison, which was 95. Uh, looking at his filmography, I don't think I've seen anything that he's done before that. That was, that was the, what he considers his first movie, which is of actually his second does. movie because this one he wants to ignore. Yeah. Well, he was in other movies between then, but that would be like Billy Madison would be his first like starring role starring aside role. Yeah. from going overboard. Going overboard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, Ryan, uh, this this can be cut out of the episode easily, but can you give me your best Adam Sandler doing the grandma voice? Oh, man. I don't know. <laughs> oh, can I do it on the spot? <laughs> doing the grandma voice? <laughs> I don't think I, I don't know. I don't know if I can do an Adam Sandler off the top of my head. I did a, uh, I don't I know if I really do Adam the, Sandler in those movies. I did. I bought the room script from Greg Sestero, <laughs> like handed cash to him and bought that. And I did a read. With did he sign friends. it for you? He did sign it. Nice. I did a table read with some friends. Ooh, who did you play? I played Claudette. Oh. And I, I definitely got the breast results back. Oh my god! I have stage four cancer, and uh, that that's like, like the entire voice really good. that I fucking. That is did. really is good. That, yeah, <laughs> it's it's not hard to do. He wow. really doesn't have that much talent. Um, yeah, you pretty much got. <laughs> yep, that's one voice, and then you need the yeah. other one where he kind of like yells. 
Oh and yeah, he, the yeah. one where he's at the Knicks. Yes, <laughs> there you go. It. All right, that's exactly <laughs> both of those things. Adam Sandler, if you're looking for a voice stunt double, buddy, I got you covered. The you're covered. Stunt double. <laughs> when they do the the sequel to back. Eight Crazy Days, Eight My Crazy Nights, we'll do Eight Crazy Days. Today, uh, <laughs> need to call in the stunt double. I kind of want to phone one. it in <laughs> in this animated feature of this ADR. Did, it would be like that when they did the they did them straight to video back in the day, but like the TV shows where it's like, okay, we're we're gonna op- option a Billy Madison TV show, yeah. but we're not gonna pay for Adam Sandler every week. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so it's now John Garcia <laughs> pretending to be me. Adam Sandler. <laughs> hey, I mean, he makes so many things that are straight to Netflix now that are all straight True. garbage. That like, there's got to be something in that that he's yeah. not, you know, gonna be I actually could... doing everything on be in the fuck what is his magnificent seven bullshit oh ridiculous, ridiculous six. six i didn't finish six. that it's very rare that i don't finish a movie i got about 25 minutes you started in, it <laughs> and i was like nope nope hard no can't do this anymore really amazed you started that at all yeah well this was a long time ago that was a different time yeah. was a different man i was <laughs> I was a different person before that movie <laughs> oh man after showing my kids a few Adam Sandler things, I, I felt like I was going to need to show them something bad. They did not watch this with me, though. I, I yeah, I don't you're know. Good, I'd say you're a good father. It. We don't have to call CPS on you for this. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever we accidentally stumble into like they want to watch Uncut Gems or what is it? Rain. Sure. Uh, Punch Rain over, over Rain over. No, no. What's rain the one about me. the rain over me? Yeah. If they accidentally watch one of those. I'll be like, all right, all right. Hold on. Hold yeah. on. You know. It's like we gotta back up a bit and watch something bad so you just understand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, that's a refute from Ryan. I I think, think you I said, don't know you if yeah, you said yeah. it. it you? No, pass. Yeah, it's not worth it. <laughs> Thank God. It's not so bad to be worth going into. And it yeah, they're, they're, that's all <laughs> there is yeah. to say about that. That's, that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, just as a note, I I watched Adam Sandler's Mr. Deeds well over fifty times. Um, wow, it's my other Punisher, and I don't. But I never went back to it. I will say, I came to my senses and I stopped that shit. How old were you when you watched this every week for a year? It came out on. It just came out on DVD, and I loved me some Adam Sandler. Look, you did too, Dixon. Don't lie. I I loved Happy Gilmore <laughs> as a kid. That was one of my exactly. favorite movies. See, I I didn't see Happy Gilmore. I only saw Mr. Deeds and that was all oh, I wow. knew. And I thought, all right, I like this. Whatever the fuck this weird shit is, I like it. Wow. And then after a while, I became somehow sober as a teen. And I was like, the fuck am I doing with my life? I got to get away from this movie. <laughs> Have you seen Happy Gilmore now? No, I haven't. Oh, really? I, oh, my. I know of Shooter oh, McGavin, wow. but I've never seen Happy Gilmore all oh, the way man. through. I've it's seen, got like, Carl clips. Weathers. Oh, yeah, I, I know. I've seen yeah. clips and bits of it, but I've never seen the full thing all the way through. No, it's his best comedy. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, Bob Barker. <laughs> yeah, Bob Barker. Jesus. God damn yeah. it. Uh, well, um, yeah, Kevin James was on Cosby. Not the Cosby show, but Cosby. What a weird crossover. Cosby? Well, yeah. Ryan, let me know how Ghost Dad is. Is that how Kevin James to? and Adam Sandler met? Oh, <laughs> oh wow i don't know wow the the titans of comedy met through the titan of sex uh, offenders <laughs> uh well segue uh, to dixon what did you watch yeah fuck bill cosby um <laughs> yes anyway uh fuck ghost dad yeah uh, recently, there has been a lot of UFO and alien stuff in the news, and uh, I am a uh, 
full-fledged UFO believer, and I've been reading a lot of the stuff that has been going on uh, recently. And I decided, uh, you know what, I need some more alien content in my movie watching, and decided to check out the 1953 War of the Worlds. This could be the beginning of the end for the human race. For what men first thought were meteors or the often ridiculed flying saucers are in reality the flaming vanguard of the invasion from Mars. Looks like they're going to come out of that gully pretty soon. We'll have to rush our defenses to be ready when they do. Guys need plenty of reinforcements. We'll get them. The nations of the world mobilize their armed might, rushing to defend the Earth against the unknown weapons of the super race from the Red Planet. Is there nothing that can stop the Martian death machines? Guns, tanks, bombs, they're like toys against them. We know now that we can't beat their machines. We've got to beat them. Um, I've had the Criterion Blu-ray sitting on my shelf for a while, and I haven't watched it and decided, uh, you know, this seems like the time to check this out, given everything that's going on now with, uh, you know, whistleblowers reporting of, uh, you know, the government having alien craft from other worlds and not telling anybody about it and lying to Congress and all these things. Um, so I decided to watch uh, the original War of the Worlds, and I watched it, and um, it was interesting. The special effects were very good for the time, but looking back on it now, they don't hold up super well. Like there's a lot of models that you can very much tell are models. There are things held up by strings that seem very obvious to be held up by strings. You can't see the string, but the way it moves, you can you tell that it's being moved by a string. Like there's a an arm of the alien ship and like the arm uh, of like the camera is coming out and the arm is slack, but the camera is moving and you're like, yeah, that's a string that, that's moving that thing around. Um, it is like it, it was very impressive for the time and it was cool. They had a feature on the Blu-ray where a modern um, special effects guy and a modern sound designer were fascinated by the movie and they were trying to figure out how they did the effects. But nobody from that movie is still around and nobody they like it wasn't well documented how they did any of the stuff. So they tried to recreate some of the scenes themselves based on the technology that was available at the time, and, like figure out how they would have created those effects. So that was kind of cool to see them go through those processes and, and do that. Um, the story is, it is what it is. It's the War of the Worlds. It's kind of straightforward. Um, the acting, like, you know, during our A Man Escaped episode, Ryan, you talked about how, you know, at the time that that movie came out, there was a lot of acting was a lot of, you know, coming from the stage, acting toward the back row. Um, like a lot of people that watch old movies are like, oh, I can't watch old movies because nobody was a good actor back then. Like, this is that type of movie that, that people would say that about. You know, the performances are very over the top, very much from the stage, moved to the screen. Um, characters are like, pretty flat, not that realistic. Ex like explanation monologues. Yeah. Like we have to tell you, the audience, what's going on. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Things like that. Um, characters that fall in love because they're just like the man and the woman in the movie and no other reason. Um, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, the, the story is told from the perspective of um, like a scientist and kind of the government officials that are around when this meteorite hits and, um, you know, turns out it's not a, not a meteor it is aliens that have, have come to attack and it kind of follows, um, you know, these, uh, elite figures of society who are trying to combat the aliens and figure out 
what is going wrong. Um, again, like I thought the story was a little bit flat. It's only 85 minutes, so it's not too long. I think the reason to watch it is to see like what cutting if, uh, cutting edge effects were in 1953 and how they were able to do this. And it's got incredible sound and, and special effects for something of that era. Um, but it does, it doesn't necessarily translate well to today and, and hold up as well, but you could see, see it being a precursor for like later films like star Wars or, or, you know, movies that were taking, um, you know, kind of what they were doing, especially on the sound side and innovating and like just taking random shit with everyday objects and making it sound like some sort of supernatural space thing. Um, so that was kind of cool to see how that all played out. Um, but like, didn't love the movie, but thought it was all right. Um, I decided also to watch the 2004 Steven Spielberg remake. Um, and I'm about to utter a phrase I, n- I never thought I would say in my life. The Spielberg remake is better. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, never thought I would say that. Um, that was a movie that I saw when it came out in the theaters. I was you know, a teenager and I really liked it at the time and hadn't really revisited it since then and watched it um, on 4K. And like, it's just uh, like it never lets up. It's just pedal to the metal the whole time. And instead of trying to tell the story intellectually through the people who are trying to figure out what's going on and how to combat the aliens. It's through like, you know, Tom Cruise plays the lead. He's like a, a working class union member who works on construction sites. <laughs> sure. It's Tom Cruise. You know, he plays Tom Cruise, but it's, it's, you know, just told through the panicky eyes of a working class person. Who's like, fuck there's aliens. What do I do? And he's like a, a single dad with his kids for the weekend. Who's just constantly sprinting and running and trying to figure out, the next thing to do to stay alive and avoid the aliens. And the effects are really, really great in that it's 2004. There's some stuff that's CGI at the time that doesn't hold up super well now, but it's very like understandable where those moments are. Like if that movie was made today, it would look a little bit better, but it still looks really good. And the sound is, is fucking great. Like it, they, it had an Atmos track on it and it was just like, really really incredible damn um so it's just kind of like it every time you think the movie is letting up like the dust settles and they're like okay let's regroup it's like it just punches you again and just just keeps going and going and there's just tense scene after tense scene it's very different like it's much more of a horror film than the original 1953 version was that feels kind of stagey and intellectual to a degree and the Spielberg remake is very visceral and it's just like you're in the shit and it, you just go, 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 go the entire time. Um, so I actually liked that version better than the 1953 version. However, the best adaptation of H.G. Wells' novel is the 1938 Orson Welles radio broadcast, <laughs> War yeah. of the Worlds, which I also listened to this week. Um, not a movie or a TV show, but... Um, that was pretty fascinating to to listen to. And, you know, at the time in 1938, it sparked a lot of panic across the country because people thought there was actually an alien invasion going on. And it's just so it's so well produced. And, um, you know, they like cut out to somebody in the field and the audio is like staticky and it's, you know, somebody's over the phone and they did a really good job of making it feel like a real thing and staging it like an actual radio show where they're like, hey, you know, we're coming to you tonight and 
and playing music from the blah 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 orchestra and then they do that for 30 seconds they're like oh we have to cut in to bring you the special news bulletin there's some interesting activity on mars and we're talking to this astronomer professor and orson wells plays that professor and like comes in and they kept like you know interrupting a fake radio program to bring news and it kind of escalating on top of itself and it's an hour-long radio program and at the beginning they're like uh you know this is whatever theater and we're bringing you hg wells's war of the worlds as told by orson wells but then they just jump right into it and they don't come they never cut to commercial and they don't come back and tell you that it's fake until 40 minutes in <laughs> and That's so amazing there's all of this stuff that feels really real like a news bulletin until that 40 minute mark and then they say like oh yeah we're just reminding you that we're uh you know blah 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 theater doing hg wells war of the worlds and um at that point in time in reality the police are trying to break into the studio and stop the broadcast (laughs) because it's causing panic in the country And it's like now it's kind of disputed as to how widespread this panic actually was and it wasn't that popular of a radio program so no one's really sure exactly how many people were freaking the fuck out, but some people were to the point where they actually called the cops on the studio and tried to get Orson to stop broadcasting. Um, and they were able to do the whole show, but um, you know, almost got stopped by the cops. And like toward the end, you realize that it's theater because Orson Welles comes back in and he like as the professor kind of narrating what he's thinking, like later after the um, you know, onslaught of, of the aliens. I've heard radio plays before of like, um, you know, other movies that were adapted for radio in the forties or whatever. And it's like, you know, that it's clearly a, a play, but this is like, no, we're adapting it for radio as if this is breaking news. And I, I thought that was really cool on all of the stories, you know, like spoiler alert for, a you know, hundred 30 year old book and, and, you know, like very old movies, but like, you know, at the end of the movie, the the aliens die because, oh, they like interact with bacteria in the atmosphere and that, that kills. We have germs and, and we've adapted to those and the aliens haven't. <laughs> yeah. and, and all those, I'm like, wouldn't we die from the alien germs? Why doesn't that happen? <laughs> you know, like that seems like a plot hole to me. But um, yeah, o- overall, I, I liked all three adaptations of War of the Worlds that I watched and listened to this week. Favorite being Orson Welles' radio broadcast, then Spielberg's 2004 film, and then the 1953 film directed by Byron Haskins, but all of them are different and have their own charms uh, about them. But uh, yeah, there's, there's also, there's multiple adaptations of this. How could you not when the book, you know, is 130 years old? Yeah. Um, did you by chance ever dip into the 1970s discotheque version? Of uh, uh, what? <laughs> uh, it's uh, pretty fucking great. Apparently they still are you do. Are you bullshitting me right here, John? No one would have believed in the last years of the 19th century that human affairs were being watched from the timeless worlds of space. They still do some live stage shows of it. It starts with a floating head that narrates the same way that Orson Welles does. No one could have dreamed we were being scrutinized as someone with a microscope studies creatures that swarm and multiply in a drop of water. Actually, every version of War of the Worlds does that at the start. Yeah, and then then it goes into this fucking awesome discotheque music. (laughs) Minds immeasurably superior to ours regarded this earth with envious eyes, and slowly and surely they drew their plans against us.
<laughs> it's just great. I have no <laughs> idea what the rest of that production is, but it, it's fucking good. Um, is it like David Bowie music or like what, what are we no, talking about? No, it's like here? a bam, bam, It's like shit you would get down to in like the late 1970s clubs, probably. Where I'm sure there's okay. some people out there popping their shoulders to it or something. It's like the opposite effect of the original broadcast. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, we're gonna broadcast this like, one, and everyone's gonna, gonna get out and more. dance. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, or like the uh, there's a 2019 made-for-TV adaptation with the same producers of The Walking Dead. That oh. for about six episodes of the first season, I found really compelling because it does that same thing where you're watching, you watch a variety of characters, but they literally are trying to figure out what's going on for the first six episodes. And it gives you that breath. Like there's that, that whole breathing space where you really don't know what it is. Obviously as a viewer, it's War of the Worlds, you know, it's aliens, but they let the humans have way more time to be like, the fuck is going on exactly? Like everything is in shambles. The military response is all fucked, like people trying to just figure out how to survive and whatever is happening. And then after a while, it sets into like, all right, and then there's these aliens and they're doing this stuff. And that's when it unfortunately gets boring. Um, But I felt like, oh, man, there's so much cool shit you could do with this H.G. Wells property Um, beyond. I I remember seeing the Spielberg version and not really digging it that much. So I'm kind of curious to go back to it. Um, I also just always thought. Uh, did you read the book? No, ever? I haven't read the book. <laughs> There's a section. You'll laugh at this. There's a section where the book's told in kind of like a first person going from door to door, trying to figure out what to do for this character. And at one point they go to a door where they're knocking in London and they're like, a man came to the door and he was ejaculating. <laughs> and, oh. and because ejaculating a man used came to mean to the door. Yeah. Because yeah. ejaculating used to have the context of you're yelling at somebody and you're like enunciating loudly. Oh, wow. That was what ejaculation was. was like you were exclaiming? Word. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing. Okay. So like, I just remember everybody in my class fucking laughing their ass <laughs> off when the man was ejaculating at the door. <laughs> it was like, what? He just fucking really, he stopped what he was doing and just came to the door and came. Um, but yeah, it's different connotation, everybody. It's different. Incredible um, shit. <laughs> did you watch, did you read that in, in school growing up? I did or read yeah. that in school. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty gripping, you know, aside from the ejaculating part that made everybody laugh. The rest uh, of it is fucking terrifying. Like really good kind of like on the ground first person sort of storytelling. So the radio broadcast totally different and really well done. I know they also like they advertised a little bit leading up to it. Like we're going to have a dramatized uh, radio broadcast, but I think part of it was not everybody listened to the radio when they advertised that. Oh, sure. Like right. so if, you're just, if you're in, just flipping channels on the radio and come uh-huh. across like we found a UFO out in New Jersey and like, we're trying yep. to figure out what's going on. Like, that's got to be pretty scary. Definitely. And so, it's done yeah. in the style of a breaking news radio broadcast. Like they cut into the music to say like, we have to give you this urgent report. <laughs> it's, yeah. Uh, so it just those are, I don't know. That's a great interpretation of it. I really like that. I much prefer that over the the movies. Same as you. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go back and give the, uh, the Tom Cruise one a, a second shake. I only remember after that that Scary Movie 4 parodied it, and I hate that. I hate Scary Movie 4. No, I don't know that so I saw Scary like, Movie 4. I don't think you need to. Yeah, so at some point yeah, they made no. too many of those. That would be Scary Movie 2. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they made too many yeah, of them. They made too many. <laughs> Ryan, have you seen any of the uh, War of the Worlds adaptations or listened to the radio broadcast? I've listened to the radio broadcast. I've, I've read the book. I listened to the radio broadcast. I watched the old one, and I don't like Tom Cruise. 
Okay. Uh, we know you don't like Tom Cruise. Yeah, we know you don't like Tom Cruise is your your John Hamm, but you know, I mean Tom, Tom Cruise in the movie is just the guy that runs, you know, like that's that's Always. all that's all he needs to be. Like the the movie is right. just like it doesn't matter who these characters are. It's like they they try to have some weight to the family dynamic that kind of works and kind of doesn't. He plays but, catch with a kid. Like, yeah. But <laughs> the the thrust of the movie is like they're just constantly like at fear for their lives, moving from horrifying thing to horrifying thing. And it's just like a fucking roller coaster ride of intensity the entire movie. And it's like, it's over and you're like, holy shit. And then it, like, it's not going to leave a lasting impact on you of like, oh, that was great cinema, but it's a really fun experience yeah. while you're watching it. Um, and like pretty fucking impressive for 2004 or whatever it was when it came out. Yeah. I think that's kind of one of those, I knew what I was going to get. So yeah. like, yeah, I can kind of pass Spielberg and like kind of, I don't know. He come, he grows on me on certain things, but on others I'm like, okay, I'm not the biggest Spielberg fan, but um, you know, some of his stuff, some of his stuff likes, I like some of his stuff. I don't, I don't, but um, I think War of the Worlds works pretty well. Also, Tim Robbins plays like a deranged guy okay, that, with a now shotgun I'm who's like <laughs> trying to, who thinks he can like fight back against the aliens Forgot and defeat them Tim with Robbins. the shotgun out of his basement. It's like it, it adds some some fun color to the to the film at that point. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. Uh, um, yeah, I would like to say, I'd like to to kind of co-opt your promotion of a radio broadcast if uh you're interested in something that's similar kind of drama okay um there was so you remember you played xbox back in the day right i did i had uh, the original xbox it, with the huge fucking controllers which i loved they yeah. they did a uh, you played halo i assume as well i did um there's a halo podcast run by keegan michael key okay it's called hunt the truth it was released for one of the later halos i think the fourth one or something has nothing to do with the later canon of Halo. You don't have to play the later games to get it. It's like an eight to 10 episode. I can't fully remember how long um, radio broadcast where Keegan-Michael, he plays a journalist trying to do a puff piece on the Master Chief. <laughs> yeah, it's funny immediately. It's just like, okay, this is absurd. But then it devolves into military conspiracy where he's actually found a thread that the military has been abducting children to pull them into this fucking military ring where they make them super soldiers and it's so fucking good. Like to is the it point funny where, or no, it's just straight serious, oh, but it's wow. like gripping. It's that same kind of like, Holy fuck, this is real kind of thing. Like to the point where I put it on, I put one episode on for Sasha and she listened to whole fucking thing because she was just like, I want to know what the fuck this conspiracy is and why. Cause at every turn he's being shut out of interviews and they hire like other actors. So it's, it's like really done in that audiobook style where you're hearing or audio play style and you're hearing these other characters like, okay, this is the general, like five-star general doing whatever. And he immediately is like, cut the fucking microphone off. Like, I don't want to do this interview anymore. Things like that. I don't know. It's just a really cool, it's another one of those that conjured like the war of the worlds for me where I'm like, holy shit. I thought it was kind of a gag at first. And then it just takes that turn. And Kegel Michael Key does such a good job that it's one of those that like, it's an odd recommend, but it comes out of nowhere. Usually it's like, yeah, that sounds yeah. interesting. Okay. Huh. Yeah. okay. Highly recommend that one. Um, um, I think it's also interesting. Orson Welles thought that he was finished after the war of the worlds broadcast. He's like, fuck, I'm done. I'm never gonna be able to work again. <laughs> this is 1938. He's 23 years old, like hasn't made a single movie yet at this point, And obviously recovered from this, but I also saw an interview with Wells, um, later in his life in the seventies. And, uh, the guy was asking him about kind of his favorite medium that he's worked in in his career. Cause he's done 
stage plays. He's done movies he's done radio. He's done like magic shows, like all this different stuff. And he was like, radio is my favorite thing that I've ever done. He said like film is the thing that he loved the most, but radio was the thing that he had the most creative control over. And he could just design these crazy radio plays and kind of do whatever he wanted and had freedom to do a bunch of shit. And it seems like a cool, like just listening to his war of the worlds broadcast, I'm like, Holy shit, this is really cool. And it makes me want to kind of like try to investigate and see, see how much Orson Welles radio there is out there that I, that I can find. But, um, you know, it, it's interesting to me because we just don't really have that type of media anymore. Like, you know, we have podcasts like you were talking about with Keegan Michael Key, but those aren't that common, I think, where they're actually bringing in actors and acting out stuff. It's almost kind of a lost art. So I, I think it's yeah. interesting that Wells was like, that's my favorite thing that I've ever done was radio. Yeah. For like a hot minute, it came back. There, there are some podcasts and there are some like live versions of those podcasts where they do exactly that, like the traditional radio play story, storytelling play. Yeah. Um, there's at least a couple that are still popular. Was, was Wells' least favorite thing doing commercials? Action, please. Ah, the French champagne has always been celebrated for its excellence. There is a California champagne by Paul Masson, unlike the best French. Champagne, it's vintage dated. Where he had no creative control. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't think he said what his least favorite thing was. Maybe Transformers? <laughs> yeah. or, I don't know. Oh, no. He probably enjoyed that more than his in July. Yeah. <laughs> snow peas. And... We're already on snow fields. You emphasize a bit in. In July. Why? That doesn't make any sense. Um, There's no known way of saying an English sentence in which you begin a sentence with in and emphasize it. Get me a jury and show me how you can say in July and I'll go down on you. That's just idiotic if you'll forgive me by saying so. <laughs> show me somebody who can emphasize in and I'll suck them off. That's <laughs> I'll go down on you. I'll, I'll, I'll go down on them. <laughs> oh uh, the end of Orson Welles' career is so sad. It's just... Yeah. Uh, he was always he was just getting whatever money he could to try to make his movies because nobody would give him any fucking money to Wherever make Wherever the wind blows, it's the other side of the wind, Dixie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. All right. Yeah, so that's all I got. I would recommend any of those three uh, adaptations of War of the Worlds, but in order, Wells Radio, Spielberg 2004, Haskins 1953. Yep. And I would recommend as a side thing, uh, Hunt the Truth. That's the name of the Keegan Michael Key Halo podcast. It's All such right. a weird left field thing, but story wise, it's gripping enough. Um, well, uh, I've, I've kept my recommender or a few to secret from both of you, um, you for have. reasons uh, that, that will become clear. Uh, you've both recommended Spider Man, Spider Dash Man, colon, a Cross the spider dash man verse. Spider dash verse. Yeah, whatever. Dash man dash verse. Um, Yeah, yeah. You both recommended it. At least, like, uh, Ryan hasn't recommended it on the podcast. He saw it and he said that Dixon undersold it. Um, And I wanted to watch a popular movie mainstream about a Brooklynite with a Puerto Rican heritage who saves the multiverse. So. So there are I two options. Transformers <laughs> Rise of the Beasts. For centuries, our kind has stayed hidden on Earth. But darkness has found us again. Unicron is coming. You brought a human here. 
I'm nobody. I ain't even seen nothing. I'm not even seeing anything right now. Optimus, we must trust each other to protect the home we all share. How big can this guy be? Uh, he eats planets. So, like, way bigger than a planet. Uh, oh, my At 11 God. p.m. at night. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh... And I can safely say I had the choice between this and Spider-Man, and I regret that I chose this, but I had to. I just Why? had to know what the other side was, because I kept hearing... The other side of, of what? Speaking of Orson Welles' Unicron performance <laughs> in Transformers, um, this movie had been... So I had a hot tip from my brother Mark. Shout out to my brother for making all of my bad decisions by proxy. Uh, he said, oh, I heard this movie was actually pretty good and enjoyable for us who love Transformers. Are you and one of those I people said, that loves Transformers? I love the original Transformers. I love, and I, love I kind the of like the Michael Bay one, the first one. It was okay. By the original, you mean the cartoon? Yeah, the cartoon yeah. and the 86 movie that ruined a bunch of people's childhoods by making them cry at the characters <laughs> they killed off for a toy line. Um and Orson Welles gives a fucking phenomenal performance, even though he puts like half of his fucking effort, not even into wheezing into a microphone and being synthesized later. I am Unicron. I have summoned you here for a purpose. A half-assed Orson Welles performance is better than 90% <laughs> that's of like people's like performances. That's like a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush kind of phrase yeah. right there. Um so I said, fuck it. I'm going to go see this because my brother, he has a family. He has two kids he has to look after. And he has, you know, time is precious. Ryan, you know this when you're a father. Time is precious to you. Why waste your time going to see Transformers when your brother, who doesn't have any kids, could go see it for you and tell you how bad it was? <laughs> and tell you how terrible it is. <laughs> so I went and sat and I watched this two-hour fucking travesty. With your brother or by yourself? By myself at okay. 11 p.m., my civic duty. To, to my family. Um, and this movie is not good, despite what anybody might try to say. If they're going to try to Aquaman the shit out of this movie and say that it's a crowd pleaser, they're fucking lying. Uh, <laughs> this movie has, uh, what is it? Pete Davidson plays one of the main I Transformers. Heard. Oh my yeah. God. What? <laughs> Yeah, he, he plays. He plays. Speaking Mirage. of how do they keep getting jobs? Yeah, <laughs> it's just like <laughs> Pete Davidson plays Mirage in this, who is a like a transformer who can make multiple versions of himself. If you know the old series, that's kind of Mirage's shit. Um, and Unicron's in it, who is this giant planet-eating Galactus monster that has a subservient being to it. In the old 1986 movie with Leonard Nimoy and Orson Welles, Unicron has Galvatron, who is like fucking uh the old megatron converted into a new version there's a lot of other shit in the old one that i'm like hell yeah i can get behind this this movie instead it starts off with a reluctant character and you know that he's reluctant because he tries to go get a job that's like the whole first act of the movie is him trying to get a job in new york and not getting a job in new york because nobody wants to take him for a job because he needs to be the hero of the movie and his brother has sickle cell anemia, so he obviously needs money for medical bills of that kind. Transformers can help him get money because he can get them some he kind to of... sell someone to Transformers? Yeah, he... yeah, that's basically the whole premise is Pete Davidson's like, look, dude, you help us get this interdimensional travel key bullshit. 
and I'll let you sell me and then I'll leave whoever you sold me to and go back to my planet and then you'll have the money and nobody will have me and I'll be back on Cybertron. Fuck Is that it. the old the old panhandling scheme of selling a dog and then that having a exactly, dog run away? <laughs> yes, that's exactly the scheme that they do that with. And Do so, they at least pick somebody who deserves it? to sell sell the transformer to they don't yeah. pick is it shia labeouf they, they, oh. they just like write it off they're just like yeah this guy. by the way this movie takes place in 1994 and they make a big showing of the twin towers in new york city they constantly yeah. rotate around them any chance there is to show them in the background they're like how many check it out. pieces of stock footage do we yeah. have <laughs> no they like cgi reconstructed the oh, twin towers to no. do this <laughs> um it also started with one of those, thank you for being in the theaters. We love having I you here. Those. And they were like, you're going to see New York in 1994, and you're also going to see Peru. And I was like, cool. I really give a shit about you telling me all these things. How much Biggie Smalls and Nas a lot, are in this a movie? A lot. They, they do it anytime they have a, a record dro- drop, like any needle drop. It's Biggie Smalls. It's Wu-Tang. It's like, mm-hmm. any, like don't get me wrong. The soundtrack's bumping, but. Tribe. Like, they're li- yeah, they're literally just trying to like make up for everything else this movie doesn't have. No, I sound it sounds like the music's great. <laughs> yeah, the music's fucking great. Um yeah, uh one of the only things that I really take exception with. So the plot is well, I take exception with a lot of this fucking movie. It stomps all over my childhood. I really don't care about the nostalgia factor. I just thought it would do something interesting with the story. Like the main bad guy, he's a rusty Megatron who's come to Earth to scout out Earth for Unicron. And they have a whole thing where they're like, we're introducing the next phase of our toy line, which is the Maximals. I remember from my kid, my they're childhood. They're the beasts. They're the beast. Yeah. The beast wars is what the TV show they used to have was. And it was like Optimus Primal. And he's like a fucking gorilla. <laughs> and he turns into Optimus Prime, basically. Is he a car? No, he's not. He's just a gorilla. And then they it's have just like, like a massive gorilla. He's, he's just a King massive Kong? robot yeah. gorilla. Oh, he's and a robot. They, yeah. And they have like a robot cheetah named Cheetar, uh, which is stupid. Do they um, transform into anything? Into people? Into, like robot into people? Into poorly <laughs> transformed robots. Yeah. They used to have As like a toys? spider too. And they used to have like a rat. Wait, wait. Was, so yeah. they transform into people-shaped robots yeah, into yeah. animal-shaped robots. Yeah, 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 That's exactly. Right. And they used to have like a raptor or some shit that was like a raptor. What's the, the point of being a person-shaped robot? Because you, that's a robot. What was the you point before? <laughs> but like, they're not you know, blending they, in. Yeah, it doesn't matter anymore. What the <laughs> fuck is the point so of transforming? That, that's like, that's where like the entire movie, fucking Ryan was on my shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was just one of those things where I was like, how much of my friend do I have in my brain? And it, it, the, the answer is they, a lot. <laughs> they the come from another planet. They're not okay, trying to they, blend in on Earth. They're trying to blend in on the... Ryan, Ryan. <laughs> In this at movie, least that, at least in that. this in this movie, <laughs> Optimus Prime, who is a, a Mack truck that turns into a person robot, uh. meets Optimus Primal, who is a gorilla that turns into a person robot, <laughs> and they and Optimus Prime, the truck, is like, "Who are you?" And he's like, "I'm Optimus Primal. I'm from your past and also your future." And they do not explain any of that, oh, and then they move God. forward. <laughs> Um, okay, because that was my follow-on question: yeah. is like, how can how can Primal be there? <laughs> they, and he's they, not voiced by Peter Cullen. He's, he's not voiced, voiced by, by Peter Ron Cullen. Perlman? He's voiced by uh, Ron, Ron Perlman. Perlman. Yep, and and they just do a whole thing. Where there. does this is nineteen? I'm also completely like you said, nineteen ninety four. Where does this fall with the other movies? Uh, it's after Bumblebee and before Michael Bay. Because I have no idea what Bumblebee is. <laughs> Michael Bay's is in two thousand and seven, and the only reason okay. I know that is because. 
they play that Linkin Park song that came out in 2007 at the end of that fucking movie. To any surviving Autobots taking refuge among the stars, we are waiting. Anyways, um, they have a line where they literally lampshade the racism of Michael Bay. <laughs> Where one robot shows up in Peru and he has uh, a, a thick Peruvian accent. I'll just call it that. And immediately our lead human character is like, hey, are you actually a robot? Are you like from Peru? Because I wanted to talk to you like, hey, papi, habla espanol, whatever. And the robot's like, that's kind of racist, bro. And that's how they explain Michael Bay's like racist accents and any of his Transformers. Like his like <laughs> hip hop robots. Yeah, yeah, exactly like that. Yeah. that shit. And I was like, oh, that's what we're going to do. Did we're just going to lampshade all of this. I so will did they say, like kind of reboot it when I wasn't looking? Is that what the they deal did? Is? Yeah, Bumblebee reboot it. Sorry, Ryan. That happened oh, while you were right. looking. Um, not really. The other did thing it, they did is it was any better? So Apparently, it's not any better. <laughs> yeah. uh, I will say this sheds all of Michael Bay's staples. There's no Megan Fox. There's no sexual object objectification of women in it. There's what's no, the point? Yeah, exactly. There's no muscle cars. <laughs> sorry, there's none of that shit. That was uh, the entire point of all the Michael Bay movies. That was the only like, reason to watch. We those. found a supermodel, <laughs> and we're gonna show her in as many angles as we can. Let's put the circular <laughs> camera going. Come on, boys, get on the dolly track. Uh, get the crane. Um, I remember the opening shot of Transformers Two was just Megan Fox bent over a sports car, and there were literal yeah, that, that's cheers. That's in the middle of Transformers. There were literal too. cheers in the audience when, I, like, a bunch of dudes like, "Oh yeah, woo woo woo!" Like, what you the know fuck it. is going on? She does it halfway through the first Transformers. I remember. Uh, <laughs> um, they did another bit too, where they kind of like refuted other Transformers shit. In the sense that, like, all of the Michael Bay ones, they're like, they're aliens from outer space, and they did these things. And at one point in this movie, the main character's like, oh, and if you're aliens from outer space, that means you built this Peruvian megastructure. And the, and the fucking Transformers are like, no, bro, humans are really capable of shit. Stop fucking shitting on older cultures. And I was like, oh, my God. Okay. I mean, I appreciate, but also, God damn it. Why would you do whatever the fuck you're doing? Um. The only thing I wanted to note about this movie, because it's it's really not extraordinary, it ends, it's like a, it's a Marvel movie without Marvel. It just does the same shit you'd expect. High stakes of, you know, oh, my kid needs fucking hospital bills. I'm going to pay it by saving the world somehow. Fuck it. Um, there's a whole world ending conundrum that happens in Peru. The one thing I want to call out is this somehow contradicting to my childhood Transformers has become hyper violent, like way more violent than I remember it ever being like Optimus Prime stabs the bad guy, runs his face under a lava fall for five minutes and then rips his head plus spine out and says, this is what a prime can do. And that's how the movie kills the villain off with the good guys. And then like 10 minutes after Pete Davidson makes an I peed myself joke as a Transformer uh, the fucking Optimus Primal chokes out another Maximal who is played by Michelle Yeoh. He chokes her out and fucking snaps her neck and says it's for the greater good on the mm. big fucking screen in front of what I assume is children watching. Would just be a man choking one. out a woman. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just a fucking ape choking out yeah, a woman who is playing a fucking uh, a bald eagle of sorts or whatever. Yeah. It's just like this feels so weird. I have no idea where this is trying to go or what the fuck it's doing. Um, 
everything else about it's boring as shit. You would think that a villain who enslaves people and destroys their planets, the people he enslaves like Unicron does, would have some opposition to that or want to not do the things he's doing. But no, they're just simple bad guys that need to be taken care of by good guys. And it ends with, um, I will say, Ryan, you're going to fucking love this, buddy. Uh Uh, It ends with the main (laughs) character. He's in a room talking to a mysterious man, a la Nick Fury in the Avengers Initiative. And the guy's like, uh, we we, we read all about you. We know about what you did. You saved the world in Peru. How'd you like to be part of a bigger team? And he hands him a business card and then he just leaves and he's like, think about it. And uh, the main dude looks down at that business card. And what does it say? G.I. fucking Joe. What? Can you, Can you go back and edit it? Fuck. The fucking worlds are colliding and nobody asked for this. Can you, <laughs> can you go back and edit it and make it a different Hasbro property? So he yeah, like holds it up that. and it says my little pony. <laughs> that's what I want. <laughs> Strawberry shortcake. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> is is this an attempt where they're like, our franchises aren't big enough to compete with Marvel. And so we're just going to like merge two properties that have no business being part of each other to create some sort of bullshit cinematic universe. It doesn't make any sense. Is that what's happening? It's it's pretty much exactly what's happening. God damn it. I texted my brother that late at night. Uh, I thought he would be asleep. He texted me back at two Oh nine AM and he said, Jesus, everyone wants to be fucking Marvel now. (laughs) I just said, yeah, that was pretty much where it was. Um, I don't, I haven't seen the Channing Tatum GI Joe movies. I think that we were in the theaters when we saw, I think a trailer I saw for the Snake first Eyes. one. I just I thought don't... We, that one looked good, but then we didn't watch it. Snake eyes or whatever. Snake. <laughs> yeah. Eye? I don't think it ended up being good. I don't think I, I heard rise of money either. I just rise of whatever was okay. Supposedly. Rise I don't of Cobra. Know. Yeah. I, I just don't get it. And so it's like one of those things where like, I didn't see Bumblebee. I haven't seen any other. Okay. So here's the context. I've saw Transformers one. I saw Transformers two. I was young enough. Then I stopped. And then I heard this one was good. And I was like, all right, my childhood has a curiosity, my nostalgia. I'll go fucking see this. Sure. I already know Spider-Man's a solid bet. I'll just fucking dedicate some time and see this movie. And then when I saw it, I was just like, they fucking lied to me. They got me. But they didn't get me again. They just got me. <laughs> John, they definitely got you again. You've seen Transformers <laughs> movies before. I saw one and two. Yeah. Two was bad. But you don't you don't have to do this to yourself, John. You don't have to watch Transformer movies. I didn't buy the box set. <laughs> <laughs> you could have seen across the Spider-Verse on the big screen. And I will you see didn't. it on the big screen. I will. Will you? I I don't know. You're Not seeing on the Transformers IMAX. instead. <laughs> I will. I'll, I will I say. Yeah, Hasbro has been trying to, and like in their sort of defense, this isn't a new thing for Hasbro. They've been trying and failing to do this uh, multiple times across these movies and other unrelated properties. They keep trying to like, and then somewhat they've been getting their properties up. Like tech, Hasbro owns Dungeons and Dragons. Like, yeah, I did tell. Maybe that's going to become something now. Recently, he told me I had a problem. He's probably not. Oh, right. I was. Bro, I almost watched it this weekend. I'm probably see, see, well. Right John's right watched it like five times now. Uh, that's that's a lie. It's four at most. Okay. <laughs> oh, uh, but yeah, they kind of always want to mix together these properties. They they've done it in the comics, but it's always sort of that like just as a promotional thing. Like it never really dicks 
yeah. you know, realistically to, to, to become something. Um, yeah. They just know they have a lot of stuff. It's these company, you know, and that's what Hasbro is always like. I think I can see why they want. It's like, well, we've always made toys and then figured out some way to sell them through some other shit. And now we can't seem to get that <laughs> done. Transformers still fucking sells, though, as far as a toy line is concerned. Like, it doesn't even matter if these movies are yeah. good, bad, whatever. Well, like, they still sell the toys. Robots. If you're like a six-year-old boy, it's like a, you know, a car that can shoot things. Yeah, like, obviously that you're going to want that. Yeah, That's... Ryan, do you remember when they crossed over with X-Men and they had Transformers that were X-Men? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was yes. fucking sick, and but but they never had a movie or anything for it. They just needed to do the toy line, and it was fine. I don't know why they need to keep doing these movies, and why they need to make them hyper violent. Because like, is it? Yeah, for that's teens? the weird part. Is it for adults? Is it for kids? Because if it's for kids, I told my brother like, don't take my nephew to see this shit. One, the pacing is atrocious. Like my <laughs> nephew would fucking hate this shit. Two, like holy shit, the violence on this is off the charts. Why would anybody want to see the amount of violence that the robots do to anybody in this? It's insane. Um, and like, I, I don't understand. I hated that one, by the way, that first live action one. I hated it. And I've accidentally watched sort of part of two other ones. And I don't it. care. See, we have them on record. <laughs> well, when you just <laughs> leave HBO on and stuff starts coming on, you're like, I'll give it a shot. And then you're like, no, sure. I remember why I hate these. And that's your excuse. But. All I remember the first one, like the the two things, I'm like, yeah, it w- it was honestly pretty violent, even that one. But there's jokes about cars peeing on shit. Oh yeah, and it, and okay. and that's where I'm like, which movie are we? Are we directly aimed at kids with stupid crap like an Air Bud movie, or are we a hyper violent, awesome military action movie like Fast and the Furious or something? Like, pick your thing and then just drive in that direction. Like, just go that way. See, and that's I why the Ninja Turtles movie was awful too. I well, Out of Shadows is great, Ryan. I don't care what anybody says. No, 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 no. The, the Michael the Bay one. one's not the. Not well, I meant the sequel to the Michael Bay. <laughs> You're one. talking about the sequel, and I'm talking the sequel about the to the yeah. Michael. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Michael Bay <laughs> one's awful. Uh, I would have. I that's where I would like uh, the GI Joe business card, Dixon. If it had been Vin Diesel comes out from behind something and is like, oh, "I need to talk to you," about <laughs> I would be like, "I'm fucking here for it." I hated this movie. Vin Diesel is driving well, a transformer. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god, dude! They had yes. moments in this movie. I where... would watch that. I would yes. be interested yes. enough yes. to watch that. That's two I, I properties have... I don't really care about. But if you they did that, I would be like, so "I like, have to go find out." The fucking scene where where they find out that before Pete Davidson announces that he's Pete Davidson, they have a really cool car chase sequence in this movie where it's like. What are the rules of the Transformers where like the main character, he falls on hard times. He can't get a job. He decides he's going to he's going to boost a car and he the car he picks is Pete Davidson, basically Mirage. And in the middle of the cop chase, there's like six cop cars on him. And then he's like the, the stunt car, like fucking whips around fast and the furious style and it's driving backwards. And he's like, no, 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 this is bad. I want to be going forward. And then immediately the car just starts fucking doing the Transformer shit and his seat like rotates around. And I'm like. If Dominic Toretto had a transformer, that shit would be next <laughs> level. Whatever the fuck it is, it would be great. And I'm just like, oh man, I hope Fast X three or whatever just ends with some shit like that. It would be so great. They get an experimental car and <laughs> it's some bullshit. Um, 
Dixon, have you seen Michael Bay uh, bailing on an interview about how um, artistic of a director he is? No. <laughs> oh, but I sent you that clip. It's great. He His teleprompter stops working, and so he just gets up and leaves the interview. <laughs> he doesn't know what to say. And the, the question asked to him was, where do you get your inspiration from? He yeah. doesn't know how to fucking answer it. He just leaves. It's so funny. Oh, my God. Uh, but yeah, anyways, Transformers Rise of the Beast. Is Michael Bay a robot? Oh, you're oh. Is that's how he can make these Transformer films? That's why all of his movies are formulaic. It's a uh, American flag rotating the camera around a single person and Megan Fox. Uh-huh. It's like a Netflix algorithm that never moved past its iteration phase. <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot that this came out. Like this, it's really interesting right now how much movies are bombing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's because people are still going and watching Spider Verse, but. It kind of feels like everything else that just came out like the last this weekend or last weekend has really underperformed because I have to think this is this is not doing well for them for Paramount. It's, good it's, it's dropping. Doing well, it doesn't deserve any clout. It doesn't deserve to do well. Yeah, Honestly, flat. like it's got to be a tough act to follow Spider Verse because like that's a movie that is going for the audience that all the shitty blockbusters are going for, but it's actually good, and mm-hmm. so like right. it's getting a lot of repeat tickets and like like people right. are going to see it multiple times like holy shit this is actually fucking good and it's artistic and it's interesting and it looks so different than anything that i normally see and so they're not going to see transformers or the flash or, or these other things because they're going to see spider-verse again um so like Here, those movies here's where my probably mind... shouldn't have tried to come out right after no Spider-verse came out they were here's where my mind got blown yeah yeah I think that they probably were like, eh, it's a kid's movie-ish or whatever. Then this will be for the rest of us. I don't know about The Little Mermaid. That one's a weird. The yeah. the Elemental movie the Elemental movie came out this weekend. My dad oh, keeps really? talking about that movie. It costs twice what it costs to make Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Holy shit. And this weekend, it only made three million more than Spider-Verse made. In its third, third weekend? Third weekend. Wow, yeah. Damn. I, uh... The elementor, elemental trailer looks terrible. And I, it, I feel like yeah, Pixar is just about this, yeah. declining and declining. Offline, but right. yeah, it'll. I haven't seen it. I will check it out because I'm just curious to see where Pixar is going. But um, yeah. Yeah, my kids want to see it, and I'll probably go see it. But I agree. I was just like, it does not look exciting. Mm. Like, my at my all. dad said it was a, a good. I don't know why, but he was just like, it's a good traditional Pixar film. And I was like, what does that mean? Does that mean? Does that, <laughs> have we entered that phase where we can yeah. see what traditional one is? So, because is Cars, like cars a traditional? <laughs> yeah, like what the fuck? Uh, I don't. I don't really understand. I still haven't seen Soul. And it's, I just man, there are some man. really great things about Soul and exactly. some really awful things. That's why about I have Soul. not seen Soul or yeah. anything past that. Real, I guess I saw Toy Story four, but it's well, just like, Toy Story four is incredible. It's great. It's great. But uh, yeah, I mean, with with Pixar, there's Toy Story and there's everything else, kind of, you know. But <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, well, Wally, Wally is is very good. The exception, yeah. the exception to the rule for me. I love Wally, but anyways. Uh, yeah, good luck on Elemental, Ryan. I look forward to hearing about it. Yeah, I'll let you, uh, I'll for let now, you know. I refute the shit out of Transformers Rise of the Beast. I recommend the shit out of the 1986 movie. Why don't you listen to Orson Welles be ominous in yeah. his, one of his last roles? It's honestly, he does such a great job and he's doing like one it, iota of his usual talent. He's just yeah. breathing into a microphone and it's still so fucking good. I mean, he's what got can, one of the most epic you... voices of all time. Like, you know, any anytime Orson Welles talks, I'll, I'll listen. And the score is really great. The score is actually from the same composer for the 86 
Transformers that did Rocky Four. Oh. Who did Ivan Drago's score? And it's got like the same ominousness to it. It's really interesting to yeah. listen to those. But yeah. Yeah. Well, you've got Orson Welles, Leonard Nimoy, and Weird Al Yankovic in a weird yeah. original Weird Al Yankovic song. Yeah. Like, what more shit. did you want? <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. We have it, everybody. That's that's uh our recommended refute episode. Um, we have a refute for Adam Sandler's the fuck is the going, overboard movie going, going overboard going overboard not overboard with uh goldie hahn and no. kurt russell this is the other movie that sucks uh <laughs> with adam sandler in it um we have a a recommend from dixon for for all three uh adaptations of war of the worlds that i watched or listened to this past week the 1953 film the 2004 film and the 1938 Orson Welles That's radio right. broadcast. Bring back radio broadcasts, everybody. And while you're yeah, at it, check cool. out Hunt for the Truth with Keegan-Michael Key. It's a different role for a comedian like him. And it fucking works for an audio broadcast. Uh, and then you have a refute from me for Transformers Rise of the Beasts for all of its hyper violence and its fucking weird bullshit. I just, I should have done Spider-Man. I know, I know, but I needed to know for my brother's sake if it was worth you didn't, it. You didn't. I saved him. I saved him two pointless hours. Whatever savior <laughs> complex you need to apply to yourself to justify your bullshit decision, John. Uh, <laughs> oh, Father, <laughs> forgive them. They don't know what they do. <laughs> we, had, we had more refutes than recommends this week. This, yeah. is, a, this is a rarity. Wow. Yeah. Uh, didn't we have a unified refute circle recently uh on the the jerk right oh yes. yeah we had a refute on, yeah, the main but that show, was yeah. on, on the same movie like in a recommend or refute oh yeah it's yeah. rare that we have more refutes than recommends. there we go everybody it's it's another uncommon occurrence it's, i'm sure it's pretty tough when john and i will watch anything yeah <laughs> it's, it's true we do have somebody who will eat trash and say it's pretty good um it's hard to find that but uh, there you go uh, well, thank you for joining us on the Afterthoughts podcast on our Recommender Refute Cycle. I have been your host, John Garcia. With me, as always, Ryan King. I'm the podcast boy. Look at me. Give me some candy. That's my, that's my best Adam <laughs> Sandler. I'm the podcast boy. <laughs> boy. Give me the candy, please. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. We're doing the Adam Sandler yeah, woman voice. Come on, Dixon. <laughs> give it a try. Get on it. Uh, no. Hey there, movie buffs, TV toughs, and all listeners in between. John here from the Afterthoughts Podcast. I just wanted to drop in at the end of this episode and say thanks for listening. If you've got afterthoughts of your own to share, hit us up. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Afterpod, or jump into a conversation on our Discord server. You can find info for this and more at theafterpod.transistor.fm. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode.